You're listening to Not Good Enough, an inadequate response to inadequate responses. I'm Mitch Alexander. I'm Tom McLean. I'm Tom Lang. And as always, we've got Isaac in our headphones, fact-checking and putting through the requisite paperwork to get our names changed if they're oddly suspicious. (laughs) Evie is out on assignment this week, but joining us, our friend of the pod, he's been on before, we're very happy to have him back as a co-host this time instead of an interviewee, it's Jim Marlowe. Hey, man. G'day. Hey, how you going? Good, man. How you doing? How you feeling? Uh, a little bit dusty, but I'll, I'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> Let's blow the dust off with some uh, political riffage and some su- uh, base commentary. I don't know. I'm also a bit fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying really hard. <laughs> I know it's pretty onerous to record at 1.30 p.m. on a Sunday, guys. <sighs> yeah, someone else should drive. <laughs> Just as a little thing to uh, kick it off, Christina Kersher-Keneally, uh, Labor Federal Minister Christina Kersher Keneally has uh, urged the New South Wales government to slow down and listen to the expert on drug reforms. There's been a um, there's been a little ray of sunshine from Gladys Berejiklian recently. She's she reckons that everyone should be able to have the wild times that she had over the last decade, and they're. <laughs> New South Wales are looking to like decriminalise drugs a tiny little bit. It's the barest amount of reforms. It's nothing really. And Labor, so. of course, being the uh, the left government, is saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's not let people have a small amount of drugs. That might lead to less children being strip searched." Uh, <laughs> really, what do the experts have to say about this decriminalisation? All the experts are like, "Seems good. That's what we've been calling for for decades." And Christina yeah. Keneally's like, "Slow down. Sorry Listen to the yeah. experts." Just as a just as a as a as a um as a pick up there, uh, McLean. It's Christina Kersher Keneally. Mm, that's Kersher with a K. <laughs> Kersher with a K. <laughs> with a K. Fucking. <laughs> uh, she was also. She was also. Um, I mean, she's consistently the person that the federal Labor Party trot out to just really loudly like try to do dog whistle racism. But she's just got a megaphone, and she whistles like with her fingers in her mouth down a megaphone. It's just like I'm super racist, and it's like no, no, no. What I meant was like she's had bullshit ideas about fucking um, how we need to be. We need to shore up immigration visas and make sure the temporary migration isn't blah blah blah. There's a dog whistle of just like, we need to close the gate. There's too many immigrants taking your jobs. Um, yeah, it's it's the reassurance to the racists. The, the Labour Party's racist too, don't worry. <laughs> when journalists are like, oh, Christina, that, that tattoo is a bit a bit sus. She goes, no, 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 it stands for Christina Kersher Keneally. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's so mean. She's not even saying anything racist right now. It's just talking about drug decriminalization. Also, absolutely wrong about it. But so but let's not thing. forget. This is why whenever you hear about a minister, you need to look them up on Wikipedia because it turns out I've, I I don't know shit about Christina Kersher Keneally. Um, she's New South Wales. <laughs> she's just another Labor politician. Um, but turns out she only moved to Australia. In the year 2000, she grew up in America, had an Australian mother, moved to Australia in 2000, was elected to the seat of Heffron in 2003. She was the premier of the state by 2009. So, nine years after moving to Australia, she was the premier of the state. Or becoming a citizen. She became a citizen in... um. Uh, oh, she like, might have moved earlier. Just she wouldn't. Is, is the criticism sure. there that she's an immigrant and so that she shouldn't be in <laughs> I, politics? Or I think the criticism. <laughs> 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 I, just- <laughs> I just think uh. it's amazing that I mean, clearly she's just very good at. No, actually, no. Wait, it looks like her husband was a Labor politician. <laughs> oh, and he was going to go for the seat of Hefron. <laughs> But he couldn't because they wanted a woman, so he put her... Okay. (laughs) Let's just... No, no, no. I want to dwell on that just a little bit. We were laughing before we started recording that her initials are KKK and she's the racist one from the Labour Party. And then we did like three seconds of looking on Wikipedia and it turns out her husband was going to run for the seat and Labour had an affirmative action plan and so he had to step down. So their replacement was his wife. (laughs) It's so good. Just it's yet more wild. evidence that the Labor Party are just absolutely fucking dog shit useless. Good on them. Bless them. It is nice to see that immigrants are getting a fair, a fair crack. <laughs> <laughs> is it um like why? But why is it bad though that she uh, was 
put up instead of a husband. Like, I, I, I think I, we all know, but I think we should just explain it just so it's clear. It's like, it's because, like, you know, it, it, it could have gone to some other woman somewhere else, you know, like someone who wasn't tied mm. to the Labour Party or, yeah, or something yeah. like that. But they're, they're sort of like keeping it incestuous and keeping it as like a sort of like a class-based thing, right? That's, yeah, that's it's, it's, the, it's the also issue, that right? idea of, um, it's the same thing with feudal societies where a king just gives everything to his son. The, the idea that it yeah. just so happens that the mm. best person to take that seat is the wife of the person who was going to run for it is so infinitesimally small <laughs> yeah. that it's absolutely not based on merit. I just wanted to make sure we explained it because I'm very conscious of the fact that we are a podcast of men. Oh, no. <laughs> Being like, this is an affirmative action shit, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to make sure to spell it out because our listeners are fucking idiots. And that was- <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not your listeners I'm worried about, man. No, it is true. It is true. Um, this is the problem with putting all of our diversity on EV. She really carries a lot of load. There. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you got a brown person who plays EV. I'd love to see it. <laughs> fucked. Uh, Affirmative action. <laughs> Thanks for coming on and being a woman of color this episode. <laughs> appreciate it. Oh, dear. Australia is still on fire, uh, but th- we actually weren't on fire briefly, but we're definitely back on fire. We're back on. Don't mm. worry, everyone. We're fire's fully back. on fire. And it sort of happened without us noticing, too. Well, we're all distracted with the coronavirus. Coronavirus is fixed now, and we're back to fire. That's the- <laughs> Fucking grim. The fire never went away. We just got a different, like, huge disaster for a bit. Um, but, yeah, so Fraser Island has been on fire since October, um, and- I don't know much about Fraser Island. Um, a lot of you probably don't, but it is a really, really important um, place, like ecologically and culturally. And like geographically as well. It's like the largest sand mm. island in Australia. The only place well. in the world, apparently, where you have a rainforest growing on sand. Um, and that shouldn't be on fire. It, it is not ecologically meant to be on fire. Slowing down and listening to the experts, it literally shouldn't be on fire. This is David Bowman, the professor of fireecology at the University of Tasmania, quoted as saying, this shouldn't be happening. This is just crazy. This is completely terrifying. So when I um did the, uh, like I did a story about a guy who survived a fire in um, like Gippsland, or Gippsland, which one is it? Gippsland. Yeah, whichever one I, I said the right <laughs> one the first time. Uh, and he, and he like, um he's like an ecologist, like not really like a, at a university. He just like, you know, does mm. it. It's like a hobby. It's like a, it was a really interesting dude. And he was telling me about how like rare it is mm. for rainforests to be on fire like that. And like in our last fires, we, we lost like a shitload of rainforest yeah. all the way up from, um up to, from, uh you know, Victoria up into Queensland and like for something like as, as important as uh, like the the, Gond- mm. the Gondwana forest as well they they died they, we lost them in the, the fires last year um, and then or, you know parts of them and then there was um the ones in uh, the Stirling uh, National Park in Western Australia it's just all these like rainforests that probably have never had fire in them before are getting like burnt yeah, to the ground it's fucked because this is a thing that I think uh, a lot of people don't know and you hear this oh you know Australia's naturally meant to have bushfires Australia's always always had bushfires that's true but only in certain ecosystems um, a lot of like the dry yeah. woodland in Australia is naturally adapted to have fires it has trees there that have seeds that need fire you know their bark is adapted to survive a fire that does not apply to rainforests they are not meant to have fires. If you have a fire, come through a rainforest, that rainforest is gone. It is dead. That gets replaced with a different kind of ecosystem. Mm. Um, so, and and Australia being, an, I think ge- geologically Australia might be the oldest continent. Um, we have some of this incredibly uh, unique um, sort of biodiversity. And you have things like the Wollamai pine, which don't exist anywhere, and there was a big story last year about how they managed to save this habitat of Wollamai Pine. And if it had got burned, it's gone. Um, so, yeah, this is serious stuff. Sorry. I don't I don't want to dwell too much on the doomerism stuff. We try to avoid that here. But I, there was a tweet of yours, Jim, a little while ago, just talking about something that I definitely am trying to grapple with at the moment, too, of just like coming into summer in Australia every year. And it's just turning from sort of like a, a feeling of dread into almost like malaise or indifference now. Like it's the only way to cope with hearing this shit is just like, ah, yep. I, I just remember seeing that um the average temperature charts on the mm. ABC News or some shit. And I was just like, 
fuck like that's a lot of like a lot of red and a lot of that purple that is yeah. what they have the new, oh, the new black. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the like black is like yeah too was was you know they needed something after that and like i just remember looking at that and just like feeling the pit of my stomach like shit like this is gonna be like it's probably gonna be another bad year yeah apparently this year won't be as bad as last year but it's still <sighs> gonna be pretty bad they said that though, like, and then now Fraser yeah. Island's been on fire since October, and like last year Queensland started burning in October as well. The Mount Tambourine yeah. rainforests um, and the national parks up there they were on fire around this time last year. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm. <laughs> uh, it's still going to be bad. It's still going to be bad. Don't get me wrong. And this is also it's a it's a La Nina year, which is meant to be a wet year. We're meant to have less fires anyway, and we're already getting fires. As a yeah. quick side note, I found out something interesting because my house is a fucking uh, horrible pit at the moment. But um, these years also bring out spiders more. So if your house <laughs> oh, is like yeah. mine and is literally covered in cobwebs in every fucking square inch, my clothesline, I'm looking at it right now, every single peg is covered in cobwebs nice. and it's fucked. But anyway, that's a yeah, little side note. <laughs> you're, not, you're not going insane. There are more spiders. The good news They're is not spiders on you, are though. cancelled out by fire. <laughs> <laughs> Lang, something you said before has sort of stuck with me where you were like saying that the, the you know, we've got like these unique ecologies that after they burn down are replaced with a different kind of ecosystem. Mm. I'm, I'm going to put on a bit of a sort of conspiracy brain sort of situation as to why the sort of bushfire inaction is happening. Mm. And uh, that is, I'm going to predict that one of the different ecosystems that a rainforest that burned down gets replaced Fuck. with is going to look more like a coal mine <laughs> than a different kind of forest. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that's true necessarily. A lot of those rainforests don't have coal underneath them. Yeah, it's um, probably grazing land as well. Fraser Island, <laughs> I don't think, has great coal reserves. Uh, it may, but I don't think they'll it's They'll give it, it a shot. No, I just reckon that, that one of them, they're going to be like, let that one burn because we do have it, like, you know, we have had these sort of uh, approvals that, you know, oh, the ecosystem will be destroyed if you do this. And it's if we just let the bushfires destroy the ecosystem, then the complaints will go away. I mean, absolutely, rainforests do get replaced with farmland. Um, yeah. And mostly rainforests mm. don't. Yeah. aren't known for hosting a lot of liberal voters. Um, so <laughs> this is the thing. Yeah. It's hard as a left to be like, those fucking farmers, though. <laughs> <laughs> no new farms. <laughs> Leave it in the ground. But I don't know. There's always things coming out about, you know, transport companies being like, well, look, if all of the ice caps melt, we'll have some mm-hmm. pretty good lanes for our shipping containers. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that fucking bleak? That hey? one gets me. And <laughs> Well, look, this is like last year we had all those fires. Everyone went, wow, this is fucking bad. Um, Obviously, we're not prepared for this enough. We need to do something. We've had a whole year. The government loves doing announcements about budget. They said, all right, you've twisted our arms enough. We've come back from Hawaii. You've forced us in front of a podium and you've asked us what we're going to do. We will have a $4 billion emergency response fund so that this isn't as bad next time. And we'll have a $2 billion bushfire recovery fund for the towns that have been affected. (sighs) Now, they've announced a lot of stuff. They've made some nicely labeled bank accounts. Have they done anything with them? Eh, nah. No. (laughs) So that $4 billion fund, and, and you can go to the government page that says what they've done with that fund so far. The sum total of what they've done with that fund is they've gathered a small amount of interest. They have spent it on nothing. <laughs> of that wow. four, they, they didn't buy a fucking plane or something? Like, did, oh didn't we need more God. planes? Actually, they said they weren't going to buy the planes. Um, they yeah, they decided they wouldn't be funding new planes. Um, uh, of that just, $4 billion oh emergency my- response fund, zero, zero dollars. And you know for sure they're going to be like, ah, oh, but we had, you know, there, there was the unprecedented pandemic sort of thing, mm. as though they hired a bunch of epidemiologists to manage the bushfire fund. Right. And then they were like, ah, oh, no, they get called off until more important. <laughs> what are they doing? They've got a different, different jo- they're different people. Um, of, <laughs> How is it a distraction? Of the $2.1 billion bushfire recovery fund for communities, they have spent $1.2 billion of it. So they've spent, uh, you know, a little over half, although half. about $470 million of that is, is like a loan, so we'll come back. So it's not really spent. That's but, um, smart. It's like, are you just, are these communities being like, oh, we don't, I guess we don't really need it that much. Turns out we're fine. No, no, that's money. That is all needed. That is just, just for some reason, not getting spent. And honestly, I don't even really care what the reasons are. I don't care if, oh, people didn't meet the 
the applications or the paperwork was too hard or there, there wasn't enough time or they didn't get the word out there. It doesn't matter. If you set up a big fund for emergency response and recovery in a country that obviously needs it, any reason that money is not getting out there is your fault. It is the fault yeah. of the people who've set up the fund. You needed to make it easier to access or something. My theory about the the reason that uh, coronavirus is deployed as a distraction, uh, as, a, as an excuse for not managing the bushfire recovery thing mm-hmm. is because they do need to have an MP personally overseeing how that money gets distributed. Because if there's no MP in place who's directing <laughs> that, then they can't sort of funnel it into the pockets of like Crown yeah. or, 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 you know, Packer or, or something. Right. You can't hand over that big check. Grounds bushfire responses, yeah. I was yeah. too busy skimming off the top of the coronavirus fund to manage skimming off the top of the bushfire fund. How do you... I can only skim $1.2 billion. It's barely even half. But, like, there is absolutely no excuse for them to not be doing it because there's so fucking yeah. many of them. And, like, Scott Morrison's mm. sitting around with his dick in his hands. Like, oh, he doesn't have to. I don't want him on it. Yeah, I know, but like I'm just saying, the the idea that there isn't enough time for him to be doing shit like that is just it's absolutely absurd. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I've got a um friend of mine who I would love to get on the podcast at some point soon. Who like talks to the people needing the funding, like she's you know front line in that sort of work, and just like the bureaucracy and mm. the way it's deliberately set up to just essentially like, yeah gather interest. Like it is sitting yeah. there to look like a big number that, you know, if something else comes along, they can be like, oh, maybe we need to, you know, funnel that $4 billion off into, you know, football clubs and surf life-saving joints because mm. we've got an election coming up. Um, yeah, like it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, what, it's we, we We've got to be careful distributing the bushfire recovery fund because, uh, you know, think about it for a second. What if that bushfire recovery fund accidentally went to somebody with an outstanding Centrelink debt? Hmm? We wouldn't <laughs> want that to happen. Or to a labor seat. <laughs> As opposed to like um, Kerry Packer or some mining dude. <laughs> <laughs> Is Kerry Packer dead? Is he one of the dead ones? I fingers crossed. Um, Let's look him up. Yeah, they, they had they had trouble finding a coal mine that had been affected by the bushfires, but they were <laughs> Kerry Kersher Packer. He's almost there. <laughs> I guess in retaliation for Australia going to Japan and signing that defence thing, um, I, I'm not exactly sure what would have brought it on. Probably every single thing that we've been doing to annoy China yeah. for the past like <laughs> three years. Actually, as well, for, because of saying that the Chinese made coronavirus in a lab or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. We really went in on that. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, yeah, so as a retaliation, I guess, um, like a Chinese uh, low-level diplomat got a meme made by a nationalist <laughs> Chinese um, artist, which, by the way, I've said this before, but like you wouldn't call an artist in the Australian a nationalist no. cartoonist but anyway <laughs> sure <laughs> uh, yeah so he, they, he posted a like a photoshopped image of a soldier um, slitting a child's throat the child is younger than the the, ch- the children that whose throats we slit <laughs> in Afghanistan <laughs> but um, but he's like draped in an Australian flag he's holding a lamb in case the symbolism wasn't enough like the knife is bloody you know the, the soldier's grinning he has Australian flag patches on him and they're standing on a puzzle made of the Afghan mm. flag it's very political political cartoon yeah and and the post um from memory i don't have it in front of me but he was sort of saying like we condemn australia's like you know yeah. Uh, yeah. war crimes right and then naturally scott morrison being the, the <laughs> level-headed genius that he is went and like <laughs> went and like you know started to get extremely mad both on and <laughs> offline about the whole thing like demanding that twitter take it down and that, that was my favorite like you know china apologize yeah, it's like mods. <laughs> How dare they criticize us for war crimes that we did do? Yeah. The Gaul. They're yeah, hypocrites. Exactly. We, yeah. not hypocrites, then- <laughs> are calling out China for being hypocrites. <laughs> yeah, and there you go. That's it. That's <laughs> Kicks off the posting wars. My favorite part of it, as a lot of people pointed out, was that Scott Morrison spent more time on this using stronger language on this political cartoon than he did about the report that prompted the cartoon. Oh, yeah. Australian soldiers committed yep. war crimes and a country shit posted about it and that's what he went in on. It was amazing. I think that's true of most politicians. Like, Oh, God, yeah. If, yeah. if there mm. is a politician in either of the two major parties who posted more about the war crimes than about this meme response to the war crimes, I haven't come across them. Even Adam Bant was posting more about the- the meme than the than the war cry. No, I was about to say. I think he's. I think he's level. I think he played yep. both sides pretty well in it. I actually don't <laughs> think he did. He posted at least twice about this meme and, and quite 
and condemned it quite hard. <laughs> but only only Scott Morrison had a hissy fit mm. and demanded Twitter take it down. That's the best bit. Take it. That was pretty Stop funny. it. <laughs> My uncle works <laughs> so at Twitter good. and he will get this image removed. China, take it down. No. T- Twitter, take it down. No. No. I'm... Come on! <laughs> Scott Morrison knows that the best way to respond to trolling online is to get mad. <laughs> yeah, it always works and it's never a problem. The, the thing that kept getting me about it is how every bit of Australian media covering this and the politicians talking about it were always really hammering this point that the, the China image was fake <sighs> or doctored it's or right. computer generated or, they like, say it's it so was wrong. clearly a political cartoon using like it's a collage of photographs it's not it doesn't even present itself as a photograph it's on a giant australian flag on top yeah. of a <laughs> jigsaw puzzle that you can see through the pieces of the puzzle that it's in a featureless black void mm. like who's looking at that being like where was this photograph taken how <laughs> when did this happen like <laughs> yeah of it course was- it's fake it's a cartoon what are you talking about? I, I feel like calling it a cartoon, though, is like slightly like conceptually difficult for people who like you know can't see past like, hey, maybe our soldiers are bad. Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like I just I, I they you know calling it like a Photoshop or a meme is probably like slightly more um easily digestible mm. for people like that than um calling it a cartoon. Like I think we all understand like you know that the concept of a cartoon can be stretched slightly, but like I, I'm not sure that the you know like fucking Barry yeah. who like loves going to Anzac Day to get pissed um you know at four. I am is like really going to care that much or like you know be able to make that distinction yeah I, I think that's fair I think that I think that calling it a cartoon is maybe just sort of revealing my sort of webcomic origins where <laughs> there's, there's plenty of webcomics out there that were mm. using just photos as, as source material but being like it's fake I don't get why they did this Jim you're the journalist here you've done a journalism before <laughs> Please yeah. provide insight as to why yeah. this was the line all the way from the Australian to the ABC and everything in between of this fake doctored image that is not real was used. Why was that the word? I don't know. Oh, okay. Lang, what were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, um, I, I honestly don't know. Like, I can understand why it would be the Australian, but I think it's, um, I think it is because uh, given where uh, maybe not like the discourse on Twitter is, but where like um, the political establishment sort of is. I don't think being seen as being like uh, forgiving to China in any way would be okay. Um, I think that's the problem. It's not necessarily, and I think that's exactly why um, even Adam Bant was doing it because he he felt maybe like sort of um, like backed into a corner where he couldn't say anything unless it was like, this is bad, but you know, so I think- um, I think that might do have something to do with it. you reckon it might be something to do with like um, like pickup artistry and game theory <laughs> where if you keep mentioning that this picture is a fake and a doctored image, then that hopefully gets tied to the message of it as well. Are you doing that like neuro-linguistic programming? Like, uh, uh, yeah. Like Labour Party always calling the Greens the Greens political party. Yeah. That's just that you've got to use the phrase, man. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Fuck. like I, I think that's like super transparent. Like I, 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 isn't that obvious to you as well? Like I, I think that's like absolutely what. Yeah, 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 do. for sure. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's more like why is the ABC and Adam Bant? I don't know if Adam Bant called the the image fake, but it's yeah. It's just everyone getting in on this particular piece of of of, of programming because you can't defend Chinese like political posting because then you're <laughs> pro China. But uh, yeah. <laughs> literally the only thing you can say about this is it's fake. You can't say it's misleading or wrong because it's not. It's very, very accurate. No, but they did. They did. They did yeah. that as well. No, both of both of the um the foreign minister and Scott Morrison said it was um misleading and it was misinformation. And so did the US. The US said it was misinformation. But it's not. Maybe the moderate position is not calling it misinformation. It it kind of is misinformation because it is a small child who's getting killed there. <laughs> right. And in the actual event that it's referring to, the child, the children, there was multiple, maybe it's misinformation in suggesting that there was only one child being killed. Um, but <laughs> oh, it, was only, it was only one soldier that did it. They were only 14, but they weren't like 10. So it's like, yeah. oh, it's, it's maybe making it look a bit worse than it actually is. There should have been multiple soldiers patting each other on the back. And then throwing down a weapon yeah. and going, you're Fuck. a man now. There should have been, there yeah. should have been, and, and, <laughs> 
in a divine piece of brilliant comedy after everyone spent three days breathlessly talking about this fake, doctored, computer-generated image that is total misinformation, uh, The Guardian released a photo of a fucking Australian soldier doing a shoey out of an Afghani's <laughs> fucking like, prosthetic leg. What's like a an, shoey, a, Mitch? Just a, well, a shoey, if you don't know, is when you put uh, alcohol into a shoe or another inanimate object and drink from it, like a cretin. And I don't think any stri- inanimate object counts as a shoey, because that I'm getting... It has getting to caught up at the wrong point. You can do a shoey down a shoey. thong. Yeah, but you can't no, do it down a, a, a beer glass. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> but, I mean... The, this was this was uh, the, this had I the vibe of a shoey. I think a prosthetic leg counts as a shoey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It had the vibe of a shoey. But the fo- a photo came out, and the only doctored part of it was they blurred out the cunt's face. Like that's they didn't go up in arms about that shit. We tried to forget that as much as possible. But our Australian fucking soldiers had a prosthetic limb from someone that they killed that they would pass around at an illegal bar mm. and do drinks from. I'm terribly fucking sorry, but you can defend Chinese propaganda. You can, yeah. especially when the shit posts are good. It's pretty funny that they blurred out his face because it's like, oh, you know, we wouldn't want to incriminate somebody who turns out to be innocent, even though in the photo he's, he's the in crime. the middle of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the like the review would be like. They'd be like, well, you know, they might he might have killed the soldier and taken his leg and drank out of it, but he was very sorry. So we can't say he did anything wrong. Well, here's the thing is he probably didn't kill that soldier because the context of this photo was that particular prosthetic leg was yeah. Part of like a pop up bar that yeah. like went with the unit and they they would set it up. Uh, and everyone like, was oh, doing it. You know, oh, it's your first time here. Why don't you do a shoey out of this uh, spoils of war that we took itself a war crime? No, 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 McLean. He was looking down the prosthetic leg for IEDs. He was inspecting. Fuck, <laughs> 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 Lord. Is that racist? No. An improvised <laughs> explosive device is not culturally rela- related where, to anything. Where, where's Jim? that fucking <laughs> bell? <laughs> <laughs> Get in touch at NotGoodPod on all the socials to let us know if that was racist. <laughs> so, okay. So, we did a war crime. China did a cartoon about that war crime. The Prime Minister a and everybody cartoon, else- like, in fake cartoon. Right. They did a-, a They did a, a, and they, they got a picture that wasn't actually a picture <laughs> taken of the moment of the war crime, uh, but still represented <laughs> that kind of crime. The Prime Minister and everyone else in Australia got real mad about this online. Um, yeah, diplomatic incident, for that, sure. So that's where we're at. And then, of course, China said, um, you mad bro, did a few more memes of, <laughs> of escalating spiciness. Like, I don't want to say I'm now an asset to the CCP, <laughs> but these are some, there's some pretty good memes there, guys. Their um, meme game is strong. I reckon fo- give these guys a follow. Um, chuck them some <laughs> likes. <laughs> Chuck the CCP and follow. <laughs> Their meme game is on point. <laughs> Shoutouts this week, CCP. <laughs> like, gotta support the smaller organization. Like, is is this oh, what God. gets us put on a list if we're not already on a list? Probably. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. And now we're engaged in a fucking posting war against China. Yeah, the, the Ch- New Age Cold China. War. China. And this is like rule number one. Do not get involved in a posting war in Asia. <laughs> this has literally triggered a diplomatic incident. This is yeah. basically off the back of this. Matt Canavan, who's the Minister for Resources, says the sooner Australia ends its abusive relationship with China, the better. What does that mean? Like- <laughs> Let me just say, like, this is 100% like fucking white supremacy, right? Like, yeah. they, these people, like, they don't care. That China is our biggest trading partner. They don't care that forty percent of our fucking trade goes or comes from China. I forget which. They like they don't care that like there are thousands of farmers and you know family whose well beings mm-hmm. and billions of dollars and like you know our like economic activity in this country that is like important. To, like that, that's necessary and that like is tied to our relationship with China. They don't give a fuck about any of that. All they think is China. Are fucking Asians? They're fucking communists, and I don't want anything to do with them. And they've insulted us. Yes, and and like we don't, we wouldn't care if it was like fucking like Donald Trump. Donald Trump called like Malcolm Turnbull Trumbull and shit, and was like, (laughs) remember how he was like, he was like, you guys are worse than me when he was talking about our fucking like tropical gulags, right? Like as if Matt Canavan's going to go and be like, like. It's the same reason, like, why- Oh, we why- need to like, end our re- abusive relationship with America. Yeah, like, and, and, like, that's arguably, like, way more abusive. It's just because, like, China is, like, a, a, a potentially hostile foreign power that we, we're, we're, like, we're acting like we're not going to cop it. And it's because they're, like, you know, not a Western country. 
they're not white. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the exact same phenomenon that allows Christina Kirscher Keneally to become a, a fucking <laughs> no, seriously, a premier nine years after she um she arrived, like, became a citizen. When like you know like people like my father like don't have that opportunity. It's a, it's fucking white supremacy. It's all it is. Isaac's put out the the numbers on the China trade into the document here. Yeah. They buy a hundred percent of our nickel ore. 95% of our timber, 83% of our iron ore, 77% of our wool, 76% of our lobster. They buy a quarter of our coal. Yeah, second only to Japan. <laughs> like, Matt, ca- mm. Matt Canavan is resources minister. He should be aware <laughs> when he says, we'll find other markets, which he did say, <laughs> that yeah. they buy 100% of our nickel ore. But he's, not the tr- he's not the minister for trade. Here's oh, the thing. There was a- <laughs> Come on now. You can't expect him to be over all of it, McLean. There was a bit of a movement going around. And I don't know if this was just on Twitter, but it was certainly like in various political circles. Did you guys see this where they were like, oh, China's cutting off Australia's wine. We should all buy more Australian wine in solidarity to stick it to China. And this is like, this is, this is ministers in other countries like New Zealand, Europe, various places going, oh, poor Australia. We're going to stand up to China. That, yeah, really screamed to me like a white supremacy thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like. Australia was in the wrong. It also is kind of like when you're like, you know, you're a kid and you're making lemonade and you're like, you, you have to like get your mum's friends to like buy your lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Morrison with a little like wine, five cents a cup, just at the, <laughs> the international airport. UK is standing there being like, come on, guys. Come on. China is the number one economic population Friggin' everything capital of the world. Like, military? Oh, it's neck and neck with America. Economy? Different kinds, but neck and neck and and definitely for us. We're not exporting that much to America because we export raw materials. America is not a manufacturing capital. China is a manufacturing capital. They need raw materials. Uh, We'll find other markets, though, Lang. Right. Where? On Mars? (laughs) (laughs) Exporting raw materials to Mars. We're creating oh, jobs. God. I reckon once we get to Mars, we'll need all that nickel ore for something. So just be thankful it's there ahead of time. There no, like are no is- other markets. Literally, like yeah. if you don't have China, we're already exporting as much as we can to India, Indonesia, everyone else, Japan. There's no one else. If you got rid of China, you fuck Australia's entire export economy. And honestly... Maybe we deserve it at that point. <laughs> no, this is the thing that was, you know, mentioned in, in our little group chat that we've got. But, like, that idea of, um, I think you said it, Lang, where it's like, what are we going to do if we want to find new markets? Just <laughs> go to Indonesia and say, can you just start buying four times more of our iron ore than you currently do? It's like, no, right. they take what they can. They're also not going to spend four times as much money on our iron ore mm. to make up the difference. No. There is absolutely no conceivable way... To, 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 to think that Australia is currently not exporting all that we can. Of course we are. We are pumping out as much shit as we can. The reason that we're exporting 100% of our nickel ore, according to Matt Canavan, is because that's all of our ore and they're buying all of it. And there's so many other places that would want it. But no, sorry, China already bought it all. We don't have yeah. any more trade deals to go around. Like, uh, currently, there are more than 60 Australian coal ships stranded off the coast of China. Uh, some yeah. of them have been there for up to 24 weeks because this has been an ongoing thing. This diplomatic debacle with China has been going on for ages because we just cannot keep our big mouths shut and we just cannot s- stop saying dumb racist shit. Um, and China's like, turns out we don't need you as much as you need us. We can get low-grade coal from Russia, Indonesia, other places, Australia. Yeah, deal with it. What is even like high grade coal as well? That just seems like a bit of a like a bit of a dumbass thing, doesn't it? It's, like- it's basically denser coal. Like our coal is is fine, but it's not unique. We're not the only people in the world making coal. Whereas China are the only people in the world making most of the shit we buy off them. Yeah, the only they're the only people in the world making huge coal purchases. Yeah. <laughs> this I, I think speaks to the kind of just like if you're a Liberal National MP, it's overwhelmingly likely that you have never really faced a struggle or consequence for anything in your entire life. Mm. You just sort of, like, get raised in the sort of, like, swaddling and then get put directly into office when you turn 22. And (laughs) I I think that Canavan's um, response here of, like, ah, we'll find other markets is just that sort of writ large of, like, Mm. if you get fired for a job because you were caught stealing off the top of, you know, whatever deals that you were doing, you're like, ah, well, I'll just, uh, you know, go into something else. It's not like I have to go around trying for stuff. 
Well, it's also a politics based entirely off marketing. And that's the Scott Morrison thing. It's if you say it enough, it becomes true. Ah, oh, there's other markets. Ah, oh, the bushfires aren't really a thing. Ah, oh, coronavirus, will, the economy will, will see us through. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter what's real. You don't have to make real decisions. You just have to market. It's the secret. <laughs> it's the secret. Yeah. Matt Canavan's just putting out positive vibes and getting them back. <laughs> it's it's incredible. You guys wait. 2022. 2022, the market returns from all these positive vibes. Oh, it's going to be so good. Till it turns out most of our positive vibes are going to China and they've cut us off there. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's, that's the other thing is, is these are the same politicians who would sell their mother for the economy. They go, coronavirus, sorry, too bad. Got to keep the economy going. Some of Climate them change, we've got to still export that coal. It's the economy. China needs coal. Oh, yeah, we can't shut down a coal mine. That would threaten our coal exports. Right. By the way, all deals with China. I'm calling for them to go. <laughs> we've screwed our coal industry, but luckily the Australian newspaper has our back because even though well freaking china and japan are our two biggest coal importers and they're both dedicating themselves to going carbon neutral to getting off the fossil fuels in fact every freaking responsible country in the world is getting off the fossil fuels except us because we're not responsible <laughs> we'll find other markets <laughs> but you exactly you wouldn't know it in australia because every bloody minister and and most of the media is going, Cole's great, guys. Wow, Cole's never been better. The Australian had an eight-page lift-out on coal. Just the coal special. That's remarkable. It's the Australian coal special report. And it looks like the newspaper, but it's entirely paid by the coal industry. Wow. Um, well, which is the Australian government and the Australian media. They're the same industry. Like, just generally. But this is especially blatant. And this has got, like... I'll read some of the headlines. It's got the Australian Coal Special Report. Crucial sector shows resilience. Industry needs to maintain advantage. Oh, it's 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 employing lots of indigenous people. Coal boat diplomacy, an own goal for China? Oh, Question mark. No, oh actually, it's an own goal for Australia, I think you'll find. And then just like 50% ads. Exporting Australia's quality coal to the world. Glencore's contribution adds up to Australia. Oh, what's There's smiling coal this miners. Anglo-American shit. It's... Insane. There's, there's a couple of ones in there where the um, where they focus in on the workers that are there too, because those workers are bloody, yeah. you know, tr- rinky-dink, true blue Aussie workers as well. One of the headlines: miners make mates' mental health a priority. Yeah, yeah, because you know when you're fucking gurning after doing a FIFO transition and all you've got is fucking coke and Zumag, like yeah, maybe check in with your mates and see how they're going. Coke and Zumag. <laughs> so it's absolutely fine. This 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 main headline on the on the on the page on the on the front page of it here, this crucial sector shows resilience mm. thing. That's the like, that's not even a, a good. Like, resilience isn't necessary. Do you know what else shows resilience? The the COVID-19 pandemic. That's been very hard to stamp out. Like- <laughs> coal sector digs in. I think the big <laughs> lie is in the coal sector. sector really fucking difficult to eradicate. <laughs> show resilience. This is actually really sinister. Hey, this is not, like, yeah. this yeah. is not okay at all. Nah. Because, like, I'm sure it says that this, it's paid for by the coal thing, right? Like, does it say it anywhere? Uh, like, prominently? Very, I mean, not it says- Special report up the top. Uh, look, it. I think it's no. in this fine print somewhere, but you wouldn't know it unless you were. Maybe for it, it says it. Who knows? It certainly doesn't say it in any kind of big font. Is the thing. This is. If you saw this in China, you'd go, "Wow, that's some propaganda." It's all like oh, <laughs> bumper crops for tenth year yeah, in a row. Ah, yeah. oh, healthy babies <laughs> everywhere. China's best country in world. It's state propaganda. I can't believe the Australian is running all these fake news reports. (laughs) (laughs) Fake articles. The news reports, which were generated by a computer, said- (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is the thing, right? We only do this shit for China and Russia. We don't do it for anyone else. Like, the state-affiliated media thing, or, like, the this is propaganda. Like, because we're all eating from the trash can, like, so much, we just have no idea that we're being fed propaganda constantly. Here's the thing. This isn't even the first year the Australian has done it. No. This is turning into an annual tradition. Like when, when Kevin Rudd was in power, there was definitely a big push from the mining sector to not only run their own ads, but to also have like advertorial and editorials and articles about the whole thing. 
since like 2008. I thought you were going to say to not only run their own ads, but to also run their own media industry. Well, that's <laughs> essentially, <laughs> yeah. But since 2008, there has been this constant thing. But the Australian has done liftouts of coal special reports mm. before. There was one from uh, from last year, this, uh, this headline, reliable, affordable and clean. And the, mm. the article started, I mean- this is also just fucking demeaning to anyone who can read. And so by 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 definition, that's anyone who can read this article. But if you're at a level where you can read, this is a fucking demeaning article. But this starts with, <laughs> what am I? I'm used in soap, aspirin, solvents, dyes, plastics, rayon, and nylon. I am one of the most high-tech industries in Australia, paying corresponding high wages. I am a major pastoral holder, mm-hmm. a regional employer and investor, our principal source of electricity, a key input to iron, steel, and cement, and Australia's largest export earner. Mitch, you got to stop reading this, please. <laughs> I'm going to take a guess, considering this is in the coal special section. Is the answer coal? No, it's tourism. <laughs> it's slave it's slave labor from the our Southeast Asian trading partners oh who we God. get over here on shit. Uh, <laughs> it's disgusting. I'm used in soap, no. aspirin, solvents, dyes, plastics, and I'm the leading cause of climate change, which will be the <laughs> death of everyone on the planet. What I, am I? I'm coal. I donate record amounts to both political parties. It's so patronizing, isn't it? It's so annoying to have to listen to that shit. It's like they like they like they think you're stupid. Like oh, yeah, I know you're in fucking yep. soap. Like shut up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's it's this it's the same thing when managers are like, okay, now, hey, you've asked a question. Where would we find that? Hmm? Where would we oh, do? instead of just being God. like, Cole's good, we use it in everything, fucking buy it. It's just like, hey, you might not know this, but I'm everywhere. I'm really mm. good for the environment. I keep going back to that fucking ad. I don't know if we've ever included it on a fucking on an episode, but there is a like two minute ad from the fossil fuel industry from like the early two thousands where it's talking about like some people want to make carbon dioxide a pollutant. We oh, call yeah. it life. Oh, yeah, we have it. Yeah. Doing it again. Carbon dioxide. They call it pollution. We call it life. It's just, it's (laughs) been around forever. It is just the most insane, patronizing, asinine bullshit takes. It's like, well, coal's been used in something you like. Ergo, it's never done anything bad. No, absolutely not. I listen to black metal. There's some problematic people in black metal. However, some (laughs) of the music is good. I can do both at once. This is not news. This is nothing new like we're getting angry about this because we see it so much and this is a particularly blatant example but the fossil fuel industry has been doing this for the last 40 years all over the world and it's that thing of constantly repeating a blatant lie so much that everybody just goes oh that's just i guess that's just how things are that must just be true because they've said it so much um like the coal industry already owns the government they already own via rupert murdoch who I don't quite understand why Rupert Murdoch is so heavy into making climate change worse, considering he doesn't really work for climate change. But I guess he's just got all the rich mates who do. Yeah, I think that's got to be it, right? Or he's like personally invested yeah, in those companies. He just, he's yeah. just picked his side. Yeah, it's just investments. Yeah. But you have friggin' Santos buying police cars now. Mm. Like, investing directly into the police. It's... Like, Australia at this point is basically a fossil fuel industry with just the government is the appendix. It, it, it probably does something useful, occasionally causes some troubles, but they wish they could just remove it. Yeah. It's a middleman. And you've got, like, okay, Angus Taylor said this stupid bloody thing because everyone in Australia, despite all of this propaganda, all the Australians understand that climate change is real and that fossil fuels are bad like there's studies done like 70 something percent of australians understand that climate change is a critical issue and wish we were doing more about it and spending more on renewables and every state in australia individually have uh plans to reduce emissions the federal government doesn't and angus taylor has said we need greater cohesion on energy plans because the states are going it alone they're not going it alone they're going it together They all have plans. The federal government is going it alone. If you want cohesion, you should do the same thing as the states because you're the last one there. 
But this is why I say we are ruled, right? Like this yeah. is this is it. Like we we are. Down. We're not like we're not. It's not a democracy by us. It's by like the people who pay the political parties for access and the people who can yeah. pay them for access and probably have the most money to throw at them. Like and even throw money like directly to the cops are the mining companies and they fucking yeah. rule us and that's just it. Like we yeah. we we feel like we have a say, but we really don't. And like the emasculation of like um uh like the the Labor Party and like turning it into like a total gimp um like through like you know rupert murdoch is just another way in which they prevent any real change from actually happening like all these things you know like they they say that this is not what's going on like they say that that you know like you know oh no we we work for you and we're like like we're trying to like you know rule with your consent but they Mm. they don't really you just need to look at their actions rather than looking at what they're saying yeah Mm. yeah for sure the thing that gets me though is we say like, oh, it's the, it's the, you know, the, it's just the investments and it's the, the, you know, they, they want to just like keep the mining industry profitable and that sort of thing. It's not even. But yeah. then on the other side of it, we've still got Matt Canavan saying, fuck China, we'll find other markets, which is very bad mm. for the coal industry's profitability. I think that we are ruled by people who are controlled by the fossil fuel industry, but those people are also independently bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, agreed, yeah. But o- overt racism is um not a part of like neoliberalism. He's probably more of an outlier and they probably want him to shut up really. But like I think mm. um you know like they're like like racism is a part of like neo- neoliberalism for sure, but like that overt like oh no, we're going to um that we're going to do something that is not economically beneficial uh, because it sort of serves our like um our class or race interests or whatever is definitely leaning more yeah. towards the the Trumpism fascism stuff. But yeah, anyway. Mm. The the other Liberal Party members being like, Oh god, Matt Canavan. I mean we told him to turn his racism dial high but not higher than his fossil fuel dial so whoops a daisy there (laughs) and directed at the ones in our country please (laughs) yeah (laughs) one one thing i did like about all of this though is that the uh un climate summit president has made an extremely like obvious call out where he thanked the Australian states for their work on climate change <laughs> and deliberately excluded the federal government, which is amazing. I mean, there's been a Good. couple of things in both New South Wales and WA recently. We won't get into it, but the Liberal Party members, state Liberal and state Labor governments have enacted climate change measures and the federal government's gone, well, I don't know about that. And they've gone, shut the fuck up. I do not work for you. And they went, um, so this guy at the uh, UN climate summit has said, uh, I would like to thank Australia's states and territories, which have all made (laughs) commitments to reach net zero by 2050. And I urge all of you who have not already done so to join the race to zero campaign. (laughs) Like, How badly do you have to fuck up? To get someone from overseas to go, the constituent parts of your nation are better than this the, the, the total overall package. It's <laughs> like, like that thing on Twitter where it's like, good morning to everyone except Scott Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Morrison did announce that they that Australia wouldn't be using the Kyoto uh, carryover credits anymore. <gasps> that, yeah. that plan okay. has been abandoned. That's uh, one sort of like extremely tiny bone that he's thrown to, it's not uh, even a bone. It's, it's not saying, even a bone, hey, though, absolutely. Uh, we won't be cheating uh, during this game. So Yeah, Adam Bant was talking good. about that, uh, saying Scott Morrison's vow to not use fictional carryover credits is nothing more than saying he won't cheat. The PM <laughs> deserves no applause mm. for simply promising not to do something that wasn't allowed in the first place. Yeah. He won't cook the books, but he'll still cook the planet. Uh, nice uh, Ooh, that's uh, line nice. there, Adam Bant. That's quite good. Right, it's a classic shorten zinger. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call him a simp, otherwise, um, you know, you know who will come after you. (laughs) I mean, it's no China level posting, but yeah, work on it. In in, in class war news, the ACTU head Sally McManus has uh, really come out swinging with the boldest and strongest policy (laughs) proposal I'm going to say we've ever seen calling for the halving of insecure work by 2030. Slow down, Sally McManus. Oh, my God. It's 10 years. We have seen throughout the pandemic that insecure work has been the main driver of the spread of coronavirus, as well as independently fucking people's lives up all over the place. And so she's come out strong saying... 2.1 2.1 million people in insecure work, pretty bad, but 1.05 million people in insecure work, that's what we I, like to I, see. I cannot believe 
just the the weak ALP messaging that that is. You mm. may as well not say anything. That yeah. is the same thing as when fucking uh, um, Albo comes out and says, we're going to have a plan to pay nurses a bit more. And all the journalists go, yeah. okay, cool. How much and when? And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. None of that's being revealed now. I'm just saying this thing. It's like, fuck McManus. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, aren't you the head of Australia's largest union? At the Why moment- Why don't you say, let's halve insecure work by next week or we're going on strike? The, this, <laughs> this is the thing. The, the ACTU has absolutely nothing to lose by championing every single worker at the moment. What's mm. going to happen? The Liberal Party will call a royal commission into the unions. They'll say <laughs> that they're too powerful and they're full of communists. Like, you're already on the back foot. Why yeah. would you come out and give something that is just a decrepit, nothing soundbite? There's nothing hopeful in that. Nothing about that makes me go, oh, shit, I should join my trade union. Right. Like, it's, it's bullshit. Yeah. Have they pre-negotiated with themselves? They've gone, no, more insecure work mm, okay maybe half how about that i just I, I can't see like she could call for like the the heads of capitalists on pikes and like they would like you know yeah. they like they would still have the same response to her like you know asking for any you know uh, improvement in workers conditions like i just yeah. i just don't really see like what the benefit is of doing that pre-negotiation and just being like oh we're not going to you know we're going to be trying to be reasonable like the the other side is never reasonable like they're never going to be yeah. happy until you everyone is a fucking uber eats worker but for like every job ever you know what i mean Mm. Yeah, yeah, and the other side so, like, of it, yeah, is the ACTU is that that the, they they represent so many workers. Like they should be threatening to strike at the drop of a hat because mm. they they should be acting as though they are very powerful because they represent so many workers. They control the entire construction industry in Australia. There's so much infrastructure behind that. They should just say, "Do what we want, or you're fucked." And because mm-hmm. that's the kind of power that they do wield. They're sitting on this enormous yeah. magic sword and they're like, oh, no, I mean, it's staying in its scabbard. Don't worry, government. We'll never <laughs> use that. We'll just ask nicely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is this weird thing of that we do know that we could get rid of insecure work very, very quickly. You don't have to put a time limit on it. It doesn't have to be half. We could get rid of it by middle of 2021, and that's factoring in writing legislation, getting it through both houses, all of that. It could be done, and they could threaten a fucking, like, a wildcat strike, and they won't. And partly I think it's because they do want to, you know, try to appeal to everyone and and get those centrist voters on board, get those liberal voters on board, which also doesn't work because we've seen how well people respond to populist extremism. They loved mm. Axe the Tax. Mm. They loved Stop the Boat. There is absolutely no reason why, why why we wouldn't assume that they would also love the union going, fuck the rich. Like, no one is likes this- <laughs> weakness. No one likes yeah. a wet paper feeling draped over their fucking face. Like, Please help us. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no. The comms are so easy. <laughs> They're just like, hey, all workers, guess what? For a week, next week, you don't have to go to work. And then after that, you get paid more. <laughs> yeah. Just imagining the pub test. You know, a couple of people at the pub being like, this insecure works bullshit. Yeah, they should get rid of it. Oh, steady on. Maybe they should get rid of half of it. Yeah, I'd vote for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they should get rid of half of it immediately. Oh, steady on. Who are you trying to win over? <laughs> Give him 10 years. We don't want to win all of the working class. Maybe we just want half of them. <laughs> Well, so, so this is the thing. I think this ties a little bit back into um, Jim's very good point that most of this is predicated on fucking racism because the people in insecure work are largely mm. international students, immigrants, migrants, second, third generation um, Australians. Like yeah, it's just we have a we have an underclass of migrants in this country. It's yeah. just like yeah. like they are an underclass, and it's fucked up. Yeah. One of, the, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this story up specifically is that I remember us talking a fair bit at the start of the pandemic about how. COVID and the changes it's bringing present opportunities for both sides of politics, Mm. both sides, but for for all types to capitalize on it in a way. And I was envisioning a utopia where we could have more socialist outcomes, where we could have better centers of commerce spread out more. We could have better public transport, better internet infrastructure, all that sort of stuff. But also, quite clearly, conservatives, neo-libs, right-wing, alt-right, racist, all of that also had an opportunity to really fuck people over with it. Disaster capitalism. Yeah. And so one thing I was saying at the time was like, well, what can you do in this instance? We're just a podcast or I'm just a worker. It's like you can join your union and you can write your delegates at your union and you can push to make things happen on a small scale now because we have to be ready to capitalize on these things when they come up. And at the moment, 
We haven't done that. We've got an ACTU head calling for super weak things like this, which means we have a union sector totally unable to properly fight against the changes that are coming from COVID. Mm. The coalition in this last week have proposed changes to both industrial relation laws and union regulation laws. Essentially, with industrial relation laws, they want to treat permanent part-time workers as if they're casual, you'll lose pay, you'll have your bosses tell you when and where you can work without recourse. Um, There's all this stuff in there as well about how they're going to make changes to casual definitions so that if you essentially work a part-time job for an employer but you're listed as casual, you can't go to court and say he should make me permanent part-time and give me sick leave and all the rest of it. They're changing the laws on that. With I mean, the does unions, that even happen? Like, does that already happen? Like, I've never heard it, of a single person going to being able to turn their, like, their, their casual work into permanent part-time or anything so, like that. So that's, I've never that's the that thing. Happen. It doesn't happen because employers still have so much power, but there is legislation in place that was coming through and being worked on and changed. But there was things like um, if you are in a position for a certain amount of time, I think it was six months and extended to a year, and you are essentially mm. casual that entire time. They have to make you permanent. That was a proposal that they that they made, um, which was something that was going to help people. And now they want to get rid of that sort of shit. With the unions, they want to make it easier to break unions up. They've already been pushing all these like fairness and integrity bullshit laws about that. Now they want to make it easier for places like the CFMEU to have breakout factions to become their own unions, which just undermines the power of unions, I'm sorry to say. And if we had a strong union and we were working at it before COVID, we would have a robust head of the ACTU saying, put those cunts heads on spikes. And instead we've got, (laughs) oh, what if we get rid of half of the bad work now? In later, sorry, later. Uh. Like this, this is why we need to fight all the time, and this is why no, no fight is useless. You're not going to change things overnight. You just have to set everything up so that if opportunity comes for it, you can capitalize on it. That's it. That's what the struggle is when it comes to industrial relation laws and labor rights. Yeah. Fuck the ACT. <laughs> Sorry, I, yep. just, I, didn't, I didn't shout at the end of that, and it felt appropriate. <laughs> Join your union. Fuck the unions. <laughs> <laughs> no, join your union or start a new union and make sure that you're holding your unions accountable. 100%. Because yeah, when unions yeah, hang out for too long and they get yeah. comfy, they no longer have the guillotine energy they need. Yeah. Well, we yeah, saw that I, with I, the NTEU when they were trying to, like, undercut the, like, just to sort of when they were trying to roll over and, and, and give the, the universities the demands to... You know, uh, yeah. undercut the rights of all the um, casual workers and stuff. Mm. And the members of the union organized against the leadership <laughs> of the union to force them to stand up for their rights. And they won. Yeah. Mm. Like, y- y- you can always strike. You can always organize, even within an organization. Yeah, 100%. You should, you, unions, unions, by necessity, usually have to have, like, secretaries and bosses and delegates. But if it's not a union, run, uh, a member-run union, then by all means, sometimes you have to fight against them too because, in a sense, they're also bosses. And if they're not yeah. okay with that, then they're part of the fucking problem. Because mm-hmm. there's sort of there's a distinction between unions, the sort of legal entity, and unions, the force of... Yeah, worker solidarity. Like, uh, uh, in one sense, a union needs delegates and and leaders and votes and stuff. But in another sense, a union is one person getting mistreated by their boss and another person at the same workplace being like, "Stop it, or I quit today." Hmm. And that's it. That's a union. So join some of the new unions: the Renters and yeah. Houses Union, the Australian Unemployed Workers Union, awesome RAFWU. Union. Yeah, they're all good. Spectacular union. Rafa was really good. They get some actual results for like their members. Um, I think it's like phenomenal. I like I (laughs) the idea that you can go to your union and actually get something out of it um, these days seems like Mm. um, a little bit like that'd be nice, you know. But Rafa, we seem to do it consistently. Well, that's the that's what's so good about the new unions Mm. is they have formed in order to exercise the power of solidarity Mm. rather than the current sort of like um, what are the establishment unions who have just they years ago to exercise solidarity and today are just large bureaucracies. But the new unions are getting actual results on the level that it matters. Like when we say like Rafa, we've got results. They took McDonald's to court when the other mm-hmm. entrenched union, the SDA, should have and didn't. Mm. And they like argued against like, your workers should have toilet breaks and you should pay them fairly. And McDonald's lost. The Renters and Housing uh, Union, we helped some international students who were getting like chased by fucking craven landlords saying, you need to pay us all this debt, you need to get, get moved out of the home, blah, blah, blah. And we helped them organise. We helped them at their court cases and they had all of their fucking debt 
like wait, like twelve thousand dollars worth for each of them. It's fucking amazing. It works. Mm. Like it's really good. Join a new yep. union. Let's go. Firebomb shit. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I wonder if it's um like a part of the neoliberal project though to corporatize and um sort of co-opt unions like they have with NGOs. You know, yes. like the the NGOs. Are like yeah. It seems like it must be a part of the project, right? Because like you wouldn't think that the ACTU mm. should be acting like this in any way. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just an emergent property of established power if you're in a union uh, and you're in a position of power and negotiation for a long enough amount of time you get comfortable and you go actually this status quo is pretty good and i don't want to do anything to risk that there there is that i can hear evie screaming at us though from uh, wherever she is probably beyond the grave um just about um her friend liz's amazing work talking about how the labor party and the unions sold out workers through the mm. like Thatcher and Reagan era and helped establish neoliberal policies in Australia. Part of that was essentially it's selling out workers to save the unions. That was pretty yeah. much the bargain that they did. The union wouldn't be able to survive. If the union's not around, then they can't even hypothetically help workers. So we're going to sell some workers now, blah, 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 blah. Essentially, you are right, but it was, delib- it was deliberate. But like, how is it even possible that the union will stop being, even if it's made illegal, then keep fucking striking like until they lock yep. everyone yeah. up and then there's just nothing there's absolutely nothing you can do i wish someone had fucking done that 60 years ago so i don't have to deal with yeah. this shit now you know <laughs> well that's the thing is they did do that uh 60 years ago for things like i don't know the eight hour workday or votes for women or whatever they did those things um but then the unions that did those things slowly got old and stagnant and corrupt um and that's why i feel like it might like those workers that striked for the eight-hour workday didn't go, let's strike for this eight-hour workday and then we can be the bosses and then we can fuck over workers. They had good intentions and then they slowly got corrupted. And I reckon if Rafwu is around in 60 years, they'll probably be old and corrupt as well. I think you yeah. need this constant new blood and constant unions shaking up the old unions. Yeah. Shoutouts this week. Mitch made an appearance on Anthony Janot's brand new podcast, Highbrow Drivel. How's that? Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, the whole conceit is that he gets a comedian on to talk ignorantly about some shit for the first half, and then we get an expert on to essentially tell us why we were wrong that whole time. Ah! <laughs> it was really good. I was on there with a um, someone from the uh, Greens party in the UK, because uh, Janot is an Australian comedian who lives over in London, so it's this like weird, like, you know. It was, it was really interesting to talk about the differences between like local council elections in Australia and in London, but also the similarities, which is, is essentially people are much more willing to vote for cooked units and cooked units are more willing to run in local elections so yeah. it was really good highly recommend checking it out and a shout out to uh, Gamal Means No the protests um, by the Gamilaroi next generation against uh, Santos and um, the state and federal governments as well essentially their, their list of demands are that Santos uh, stop fracking on their country so they're, um, they're pretty worried that it's going to not only spoil the country for them uh, and their connection to their, their home uh, but also then uh, sort of spoil it for all the other people who live on their country. So um, that's a, it's a pretty like a significant thing for them, and it's um, being run by the the um, Gamilaroi Next Generation or the Gomeroi Next Generation um, sort of like group. They're um, just like a, a bunch of young um, uh, you know people from from that country who um, are trying to sort of organise and, and and do direct action, which I think is um, like a phenomenal thing. So the demands were that um, Santos stop fracking. Um, that uh, the state and federal governments actually consult with them when they are, are sort of like trying to approve things on their land um, and also the abolishment of uh, heritage laws that um, in their eyes flawed because it allows them to sort of rubber stamp um, the, them being the, the federal government to rubber stamp things that um, they probably shouldn't go ahead. So yeah, shout out. That's a, it's a fucking sick movement. I'm really keen to see what um, the GNG mm. do. Yeah. Yeah, we talked awesome. about the Santos Narrabri gas wells uh, last week, um, but yeah. It's a fucked situation, and it's great that um, that we've got a, a good bunch of people helping to lead the protest. Yeah. Yep. Um, and also important to mention that Santos is the biggest, uh, I believe they're the biggest gas company donating to both the Liberal and Labor Party. Oh, good. Oh, oh, that's, yeah, that's probably good. Yeah, let's say they can't be bad. Yeah, they're supporting Australian democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Over $100,000 to each party uh, in a year. But remember to vote. Actions. 
this week. Really important action. If you are in Victoria and you are comfortable coming out of your shell, feeling just fine, the Australian Unemployed Workers Union are teaming up with the Victorian Socialists for a rally to stop the cuts to JobSeeker happening on Saturday, 12th of December at 1pm at the State Library of Victoria. It is just fucking abysmal that the government is thinking in any way that the coronavirus supplement can be lowered now, even though the Mm. COVID pandemic is still ongoing and we're in a fucking recession, but that it should be lowered at all. Um, The AUWU have been doing some fucking amazing work. You know that they're one of our favourite unions here at Not Good Enough. If you can get down to the rally, please do so. Saturday, 12th of December, 1pm at the State Library of Victoria. All right. Oh, yeah, that's our final thing. We should just thank Jim for coming on and stuff. Hey, Jim. <laughs> hey, Jim. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. No worries, man. Thanks, yeah, thanks for coming on, <laughs> Thanks Jim. for coming on, pleasure. man. Happy to be here. <laughs> Hopefully that <laughs> didn't can... do too bad. Like, <laughs> Ah, you were fine. We'll edit around it. Hey, Jim. Yeah, where... <laughs> <laughs> tough, tough, Jesus. You can find me at um, the Jim Malo on Twitter. So, T-H-E, Jim, M-A-L-O. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't already seen, Jim has some fucking amazing articles on Junkie at the moment. Uh, He'll be around in different places in the future. Keep an eye out. But some Mm. of my favorite shit is just like Junkie published an article where it's like, you know, Scott Morrison, Trump and Boris Johnson with just a flaming background. And the article headline is like, we need to kill these fuckers. Something. (laughs) It wasn't quite like that, but um, it was. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was the why do we keep interviewing Nazis? That was the whole article. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so it is, um, yeah, you can find all my work on Junkie at the moment. And, um, I also have a radio show on Triple R. It's on Mondays, um, from 12 p.m. So you can listen online or, um, listen back later if you just, um, Google vocal minority Triple R. Nice. Fuck yeah, man. Thanks for coming cool. on again, dude. This was, That's this right. was amazing. Happy to be here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Good Enough. You can get in touch with us at NotGoodPod on all the socials or email us at NotGoodPod at ProtonMail.com. Uh, it's always nice to hear back from listeners, uh, with anything they have to say. Not Good Enough is recorded on the lands of the Rwandri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded.